Hey everybody, welcome back to another movie review episode of Ignorant Bliss. So this time instead of doing a bunch of small short episodes for each movie, I'm going to try something different and do them all in one episode. Um, basically to kind of cut down on editing and a bunch of other things. So uh, here we go. I'm going to start with Polite Society. Polite Society is a new film that comes out on April 28th of 2023, directed by Nina Nida Manzor, also written by her. Or damn, I should probably start using non-gendered words like that, just to be safe. Um, the cast is Priya Kansara as Rhea Khan, the main character. Rito, Ritu Arya as Lena Khan, the older sister. Those are basically the two main characters. Nimra Bucha as Rahelia. Akshay Khanna as Salim. Jeff Mirza as Rafe Khan, the father. Ella Brucaleri as Alba. Serafaf Be as Clara. Shona. Baba Yemi as Kovacs, Shobu Karpur as Rhea, that plays the mother of uh, Rhea and Lena, and Sally Ann as Edith. So, this film takes place in in the UK. Um, a, I believe, because it kind of alludes to a Muslim Pakistani family, uh, where Rhea is a martial arts practitioner. She's in high school and her dream is to become a stunt woman. Um, she has, her character has a bunch of like, I guess is very driven, very forward, has a ton of energy, uh, goes for it. She completely looks up and loves her older sister, Lena, who has just recently dropped out of art school. And is at home, kind of aimless with her life. And their parents, a are not they, I guess, indulge in their children's lives, but also deals with the cultural issues of you know what is expected of young women uh, within this culture. So things kind of goes up into a, I would say. Yeah, kind of thrown in the air when um, Lena meets Salim, a young doctor who is currently looking for a bride. And Rhea and Lena's parents are very uh, into having Lena marry this very uh, well, handsome, well to do doctor who has is maybe a little bit too close with his mother, Rahelia, played by, I think I said her name earlier, Nimra Bucha. She was, for a lot of people who might listen to this, she was last in uh, the Miss Marvel series as like the antagonist. Also something to do with her son. Okay. But yeah, the biggest thing about this movie is the way it plays with this genres and how you have this really significant, uh, oh, she didn't say significant, but, established high school teenage underdog 
movie of this girl who dreams to be something else and everybody else is saying basically she can't do it. But then it also mixes up things that you kind of expect the 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 Jane Austen uh style romantic plot and then it throws in kung fu and then even a ton of science fiction. It does very well. It does some things that also reminds you of Frozen where uh one of the good things about Frozen beyond the songs and the animation was that there was no Prince Charming. And the key to that film was about the love of the two sisters. Rhea in this movie never trusts Salim, Salim because she feels it's Lena shrinking herself to fit into a box that she's greater than. And she doesn't have to kowtow or bend herself to what is expected of her. And in a way, her older sister, who she looks up to, does it. I mean, she will have to do it. So it does. A, for me, it does a really good job. It also does it well through just like a heightened sense of reality where like folks just be squabbling in this joint. And when I mean squabbling, the fisticuffs is happening like full on 70s style, late. Shaw Brothers early Golden Harvest style fisticuffs since Rhea fights but not only does she know how to fight because she takes karate classes this that and the third like her sister's with the shits too like they have a they have a squabble in the house and big sister put that work in on her and then there's later on there's some more squabbling that happens and then there's a bully and the bully and real fight. And the bully ain't no joke. Cause she got a different style. Also real bully. You know what I'm saying? If it was a if it was Streets of Rage, she coming in the joint like, like the big wrestler. You know what I'm saying? She's just manhandling folks. And it all works well. It's delightful. Uh, it was really surprising. At times it reminded me of Bride and Prejudice and Bender like Beckham. But then it also had good homages to that good like that late 70s martial arts film with, with like textures on like words and it, it worked as like at times like a like a like cartoon logic like but not over the top i don't think this works well for everybody but a it's a surprise it's something different it's not really going to hit you upside the head with like a super deep message it's a clean good solid message and all the actors have a good time and it it was having fun you could tell it's from people of this culture at a different way of exp of expressing it and I, I i might not have the words right but man i love this movie i might buy this movie see that's the thing see a lot of things say oh it's as good as that Yo, if you think you might buy this joint when it come out, and I mean that physical, that physical, and I say it, it, it did something good. But um, yeah, Polite Society definitely worth watching. I would say go to the theater. Some of y'all ain't gonna go to the theater because y'all don't go to the theater for, for a lot of stuff besides a Marvel movie or something. But this is definitely worth it. This is Salim Shah. He's 32, big shot, geneticist, setting up some fancy new lab. He's also the mastermind behind derailing Lena's future. A lecherous, loathsome cat. The poo face. Sisters, this 
is more than just a two wobbles. Lena has been brainwashed by this wife-hunting maniac who's chosen her to be his trophy bride. And she is too sad and mind-shat to see what is going on. So that leaves it to us to break off this sham wedding. Who's with me? Down with the patriarchy! Let's decimate this mother! So what's the plan? Next up is Carmen. Yes, the same Carmen that is the old opera uh, from, shoot, what is that? The 18th century or whatever? Maybe 19th? Wait, oh, I forgot the date. I forgot the date of the original opera. And, you know, some people, if you know film history, you know, it's Carmen Jones. Uh, one of my favorites is Carmen, a hip hopper that showed on, on MTV starring Beyonce. Uh, Yasin Bey and Makai Pfeiffer. Um, that was my jam. Um, you know, you probably see some type of... If you've gone to see opera or you, it's been referenced, there's other films about Carmen. This one is in, in a lot of ways just Carmen in name only. So it gets rid of the whole Carmen ending up playing the soldier against the rich guy. Um, the tenuous way of love and extending into society for, for a pretty interesting plot where Carmen, uh, this is directed by Benjamin Millipied, Millipede, and the screenplay is by like that person, Lloyd Barari and Alexander Danilaris Jr. And is starring Melissa Barrera, who folks might know from La Vida, who was on Stars, but also recently the recent version of Scream. She just had a hit early this year. Paul Mescal, uh, who had a really good year last year. And Rosie De Palma. Uh, I'm not going to say. I know a lot of people faces. I don't always know their names. Uh, but so Carmen lives in Mexico after um, something bad happens. She then uh, crosses the border, you know, illegally. Um, she is attacked. She's with a group of people that are attacked by a militia. Um, Paul Mescal plays a man named Aiden, who is a guy dealing with his post-serving life. So we there we have a soldier, um, his PTSD or whatever, but he's with this group of, you know, white men protecting the border. Things go very left and he decides to turn on his white friends who were doing very terrible things and assist and save Carmen. She does not instantly trust him over time while they're on the run because he just killed some, he killed some white folks. So it's, it's, it's serious. Folks, he's on the run. So it, it becomes from what we usually know from Carmen to very much a body and class situation. As they're on the streets, they're trying to survive, trying not to get caught. They're getting to know each other. They're falling in love with each other. They end up in L.A. Stuff happens different. It ends completely different than what you know of the Carmen story. It uses some of the music very slightly and does these very interesting uh, I would say 
use of Mexican uh, flamenco dancing and other physical like dance performancing performances uh, interspersed to keep some of that operatic quality. Uh, the film is very well shot. I think the cinematographer, his name is Jorg Widmer. Fire. Colors popping. Good composition on the shots. Good camera movement. The way it focuses on the face. Everybody's lit well. Everybody looks amazing. Um, Shout out to the hair and makeup folks. Uh, Editing is kind of good. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it, it completely works even though it's very interesting because it, it kind of veers off at like dreamlike qualities and gets kind of like muddy at what it's going, what it's doing. But I can't say I was interested for the entire time I was watching it. Um I mean say it I was watching it at home. So sometimes when you watch it at home, you get distracted by like your phone or something. Uh, so it's something that maybe if I watched it in, in the theater, I would have been, you know, I wouldn't have looked at my phone at all, but some of that might have would have just hit me more. Uh, but the, the two performances are really good. There's not a lot of like main actors in this. Uh, the DLC is in it for those who know who that is. If you don't hit that Wikipedia, uh, he's in it. It plays a character. I think help with some of the music. Um, the dancing and a little bit of singing that's in it is, is, is good. It's not overbearing. I can't to a point where it's hard. I can't even call it even close to a musical because it's not enough in it for me to call it a musical, but it's, is a more art is more art style film, or more artsy style than it is like a straightforward thing. You know, you can't go in this thing. You can get some West side story or some classic remake of Carmen with all the music and all the, all the bunch of music put all in it. It's not there. Um, but it's a good performance, and I actually kind of like that it's not a story where, in a way, it's kind of hard to like Carmen completely because of, like, because in a lot of ways, you're supposed to, it's a tragedy, you're supposed to empathize with the young soldier, um, which you do in this, but at the cost of the Carmen character. Um, and that's my, maybe it's, it's not like I needed her to be cleaned up, but I do think it it fits it fits 2023 better than something that came out in like 18 something, you know, or 17 something, whatever. Whenever that came out. Let's just see. Let's wait. I'm uh, 1875. Like, yeah. Like we way beyond that at this point, you know? Almost like 150 years since. Uh so yeah, it's this is this is something we're watching. I don't know if I would say go to uh the theaters. So maybe I give it a C plus. Just rotate back a bit. Polite society, solid B. Um, yeah, that's 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 it for Carmen. It was it was it was a good it was a good movie though. So overall, I would say it's good. Tú me has querido. Ahora es momento de que me dejes. Tu momento de volar. Ciudad de Los Ángeles. You can't just sit out here all alone, night after night. You know how many jobs there are in this town? 
Disney Plus. Uh, okay, first things first. I really love the Peter Pan story. From my knowledge, I most watch most of the major Peter Pan movie releases. Of course, the the Disney version. Um, the 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 super the super great Steven Spielberg hook, Sean Williams, the Fox Kids, Peter Pan and the Pirates. Um, all the modern Peter Pan movies since like the mid two thousands onward. Um, and there's a there's a few other I watched it too. Like I was so into Peter Pan, I read the I read the original story and the play when I was in college. Like I tried to do that. I think well, I didn't try. I was like drawing like a graphic version of college, like a senior project. So I have my own thoughts on Peter Pan's story, Peter Pan and Wendy and John and Michael and Captain Hook and Simi and all them and the Lost Boys. This movie is by David Lowry and David Lowry. Uh, he's done one other than these Disney remakes. It was a uh, Peach Dragon, I believe. Yeah. Which completely turned that really goofy, whimsical movie that had cartoon and people into like this heartbreaking and heartwarming family drama about imagination and friendship and connection between parents and children and growing up and everything. Great movie. That's kind of the way I like these live action Disney movies that go sometimes is really dive, divert from what you've done before, especially when you come to the more original or, I wouldn't say as iconic stories that Disney chooses to adapt. Also got some other good joints, the old man, the gunfire, that green Knight, everybody loved. Um, good dude. He got, he does good work. Peter and Wendy. It's Peter Pan and Wendy. I should be honest. It's good, right? I'll give it a B. And I think it's something good for kids to watch. I have my personal issues with the film in terms of, the shrinking of Peter Pan in order to build up Wendy and Hook. Um, they're trying to kind of force like an, a, a, behave, a character, a character art of sorts on the Peter Pan, which I don't agree with because I don't think Peter Pan needs a character art because he's not, Completely a character. He's more of an an, an idea. Uh, he's more of a um. He's a reference point as for for Wendy to make a judgment between being a child and growing up, right? Like, I do think that story is already interesting because the instead of having a focal point be the John character is Wendy deciding her big thing of growing up or staying a kid at that age of being like 12. And in this, 
they muddy the waters by changing the origin or actually giving an origin to James Hook that I would say compared to some of the other ones, it's way more interesting. It's better. And Drew Law play Hook in this joint and he's fired. Um, I do not want to spoil this change, but I do think that even though um, Alexander Molyneux, who plays Peter Pan, is good at it. He's a, honestly, it's kind of cool to see a nice young brown boy as Peter Pan. You know, I always thought as you, you change this over time, Peter Pan needs, looks looks different and change. Um, Ever Anderson plays Wendy Darling. Here's the thing. If you don't know who she is, when you see this movie, you're going to be like, yo, how did they shrink Mila Jovovich and put her in this movie? Because of her daughter. And when I mean she looks just like her, swear to God, you can make a whole new fifth element with her daughter. And you'll be like, okay. We were, like, I was like, Lilu was running around with Peter Pan. Um, but she's very great as Wendy. I do think she's a little bit too badass. A um, little bit too easy how she figures things out. Even though she figures it out and they focus on it, it's like it's a little bit too easy. They got rid of some of the more of uh, the romantic tension between Peter and Wendy, which I always thought was a, a very interesting thing in a classic story because as Wendy is, is deciding whether she wants to grow up, at the same time, you have a feeling that Peter Pan is also maybe thinking about, yo, I could risk it all. You know, I could give all this up to be with Wendy. Um, that doesn't happen here. Um, but also, you know, for me personally, Peter, you think Peter Pan is like that, but you know, Peter Pan, you never give up his freedom. He's, he, he's, he's the, the core of Neverland. Like he can't get that up. Uh, Yara, uh, Shady plays Tinkerbell. Uh, very much feeling like a complete digital character that was created for her performance as Tinkerbell is very small. She, you don't, there's a lot of face acting and movement acting, but I wish there was a little bit more um, for Tinkerbell being that it's Tinkerbell. Uh, the other children, uh, Jacoby Jupe, who plays Michael, does a good enough job. And Joshua Pickering, who plays John, also does a decent enough job, but they don't get as much. I think their roles and their point in the story are lessened from what you might think about when these younger brothers they they keep the thing john has glasses in a top hat and a sleeping shirt and michael has his little bear um jim gaffigan plays mr speed mr smee he's pretty good i was like oh look at my guys in here you know do it for the kids alan tudyk plays mr darling and i do think as much as i like jude law there's a certain thing that in the original version of the in the, in the way it's supposed to be played is that whoever plays mr darling plays hook because very much in the beginning when it's about Wendy and her brothers with their parents, um, there's a dichotomy between her mother and her father. And while it's, it's an older, more, uh, patriarchal view of that time being of when it was created. Um, you can still have that dynamic of the two different parents and how they're seen through the eyes of a child and how they then get referenced later on in the story of this magical world. Um, my other issue was Tiger Lily. They made Tiger Lily 
older. Well, she's not an adult. She's not a child. She's like a teenager. She's very much a um a big sister character to Peter Pan. Also a badass. But I have a feeling that when you make a character that is based off an indigenous person. Um, and I have my whole things about, I know there's probably people have issues with why they're quote unquote Indians or native people in Neverland and how that plays into the whole ideas of the way people use those people in fiction back then. But even though you can have a pretty great idea in regards to like a bunch of a native American tribe left America and found a way to Neverland to escape manifest destiny and encroaching, you know, white folks. But her being a character that is morally wise helps Wendy understand certain things, saves Peter as a big sister, is badass, follows different type of tropes that I think is equally as problematic as maybe the old way we see Tiger Lady as this little girl that Peter Pan kind of like, plays with in a romantic way in front of her father and tribe. First of all, to get rid of the tribe. You see the tribe for two seconds and we don't get no chief or nothing. And I'm like, y'all could have had fun with that shit. And I mean, you could have really explored Neverland more. It's not enough Neverland. It's just kind of some rocks. There's the there's hook ship and some other stuff. We don't get no mermaids. We don't get other fairies. We don't get any of the other crazy creatures. Neverland is New Zealand or Scotland or whatever. I say New Zealand because I swear to God, I think I see some of that stuff in episodes of Power Rangers. Just long, green, lush uh, fields. Also, Lord of the Rings. Just like, oh man, look, this looks beautiful. But it lacked the fantastical nature of what Neverland is. Come on, you're supposed to see the North with the South sign like in the ocean. Like it exists. It's a physical object. And so while there's some magic, it's kind of dialed down and over to tell this different type of story of Wendy awakening her maturity and it's basically essentially teaching a lesson to Peter and then stuff that happens to it doesn't work for me, but I can't say it doesn't work as a film. And I don't think it does. And I do think it, it ventures off enough that it is different enough than the, than the old Disney Peter Pan to go into a, very um i think works for modern audiences but doesn't work for me because i've read too many i've read the old stuff too much i have my own thoughts performances well shot well edited well um it could have been a little bit more fun with the costuming the lost boys and how lost boys are very much uh just kids it didn't matter what they you know if they were boys or girls or whatever they're the lost boys and some people might have an issue with that, but it don't really matter. Um, again, I wish it was a little bit more characters. It does work for children because the pirates are kind of just kind of goofy, even if they seem kind of dangerous. The 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 crocodile, I guess, might be scary for the five seconds is on screen, but mm, you know, I'm I'll probably give this like a B minus because I do think a lot of work was put in. I do think it was done well. I'm just saying it's not totally my bag because I come in with my own biases. You got to take this when you hear me talk about Marvel or even DC movies. I have my own bad, my own biases because I have my ways in which I thought some of these things should be done. But I can't knock the hustle. I can't knock what they did. 
actually think this probably could have came out in theaters, though. It could have made a little bag. But hey, y'all got Disney Plus, you should give it a watch. And I think with that, we'll end this episode. And those who listen, please share it. Please write reviews if you can. Um, thanks for listening. Um, if you have any questions in the show notes, there should be an email address, ignorantblitzpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, holla at me if you want to. Uh, hope you have a good morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Whenever you listen to this, go see some good stuff. Deuces. I don't want to grow up. I want things to stay the way they are. Can't stop time, Wendy. Whether you like it or not. I don't think that's a bug. She is a fairy. Are you Peter Pan? Were you expecting someone else? I can fly! Is that Neverland? Is this everything you dreamed of? I could never have dreamed of this! No rules, no schools, no bedtimes, and most of all, no growing up. Are you Wendy? Tiger Lily. Peter. 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 Captain, it's Peter Pan.